Ahoy there, legendary listener. Welcome to another episode of the Halo Effect podcast. My name is Lauren Quellhurst, and this podcast journeys into the world of people from all walks of life. And through the power of communication, I aim to shine light on topics that will ultimately add value. It's designed to inspire, ignite, and uplift the speaker and listener through exposing the beauty that exists within the raw and the real. It's a wherever, whenever kind of podcast where you can find an episode to match your mood, the weather, or the company. If you or someone you know has a story that will add value, please get in touch and we'll aim to get them onto the podcast. So get ready for the value to come. Get set with your favorite tea or coffee for the run. And let's go. Let's dive deep, shine some light, and have some fun. And so the halo effect begins. An absolute pleasure talking to this lady. You will hear just how lit up we both get in this conversation as I honestly feel like I have met Priyanka in many past lives before. So listen, get a taste of this beautiful soul. She is just beautiful from the inside out and I so look forward to you getting value from this chat, as much value as I did. Um, So yeah, please reach out as well if you're getting Uh, inspiration if you're feeling like you have any messages to share send them through and I would love to give you a shout out on the next episode uh, that I have or even get you onto the podcast if you feel like you have a story to share enjoy we have the beautiful Priyanka Moonbeam all the way from Spain here today and welcoming her to the virtual stage of the Halo Effect podcast and I feel so blessed to have her on here um even though I really don't know her from a bar of soap really but as soon as we jumped on to the zoom call just a few minutes ago I just felt this instant connection with her just in just in the way she holds herself and the way she talks about life so let me give you a little bit of a preface around who Priyanka is and what she's all about and then I will let her speak for herself so yeah essentially she's she goes by a Uh, defining herself I guess as a soul coach a yogini a lover and a mother a breath facilitator and a traveler which sounds like all of the things that I aspire to grow into one day as well so it's keeping my mentors and role models close right Um, and her hope with everything that she does is to inspire you and to guide you to not only just live life but really thrive in life being the best version of yourself that you can be because we all have that within us already it's not anything that you're needing to seek from external sources it's actually about clearing the stuff and the illusion that we have maybe in our day-to-day life that we don't already um, attain our best self and this is what Priyanka's whole mission is and she was mentioning just before we hit record on the podcast that This all came to her when she became a mother herself. So I will let you speak to how you came to be where you are right now, Priyanka, and and why that is the driving force of your passion. 
Thank you for that eloquent uh, introduction. You have a very sweet way with words. I'm not a very good talker, so I will do my best. So yoga came to me a long time ago, nearly 30 years ago now. And like most of us, you know, if you look at any one of our lives, we have gifts, you know, we have a, maybe we have a very good parents or we, we're born in a very affluent country. There's always gifts. But along with these gifts that we're born into, we have even greater gifts which at the time may not seem like, like such a gift. And my greatest gift for me was my mother, because we had, the minute I was born, there was challenges with my mother, a lot of friction. They, I can't remember a time in my childhood where there wasn't a beating or a scolding or a scream or a fight. And it started to get pretty friction, you know, and that was my childhood memory of my mother. But in hindsight, the beauty of spirituality is in hindsight, there's always a different story. So I'm going to share with you my hindsight story. So the journey starts off, you know, my mother, we moved many, many countries, many, many countries, and a lot of friction with my mother. And because I knew that, you know, she's my mother, I need to respect her, I need to love her, but it wasn't a feeling that was coming from within. So there was a lot it was really bad, hitting, screaming, and it got to a point where either I was going to kill her or she was going yeah. to kill me. Yeah. So that was sort of happening in the background, you know. And then, you know, but she's on the foreground. The woman sacrificed immensely for me, immensely to make sure that we had good education, good livelihood. And so this journey ends up in Canada, you know, from Sri Lanka to Oman, Oman to America, America to Canada. Here we are in Canada and I'm in my 20s, late 20s. And, I, you know, of course, she pushed, she persevered. I had my education. I had a great job. Fantastic making good money, you know, living the lifestyle. I managed to find how to fit into the Canadian culture, but something was missing. And there started my journey into yoga and time goes on. And I still had a big friction with my mother, but I knew it had to be managed. That was very clear. There I was one time during a Vipassana meditation and that whole perception, that whole story I had been telling about me and my mother cracked open. And I think I cried so deeply and even telling the story today, I cried because I realized at that very moment that my mom was, she did everything she could out of love, out of this immense love. And it was my concepts that was narrating the story so differently. And when that veil broke, when that idea broke, the love just flowed and I tell you it was like day and night because from that day we had no fights anymore I love my mother dearly and how magical is that you know I have so goosebumps some... listening to that because it's yes, like I never we... even cried till today so you beautiful know, it wasn't a long journey it was a long journey from me hating her to me realizing I needed to fixing uh, to fix it and to just getting fixed. How does that happen? How does something so instantaneously happen, you know? And so this journey, I knew I was in the right path. Now I had my heart completely open. I was receiving a lot of love and support from my parents. And now I said, okay, I, I need to share this with someone because there is something out there, you know? And at the time, of course, yoga tells you, you know, here is life. And you need to sort of get beyond this life to get into that abode of blissfulness. And so I was pursuing that path. Everything was all right. And then, of course, I meet my love, my sweetheart. 
and my husband wanted a child and I couldn't have a child mm -hmm. and this journey continued on for six years to the point where I told him look leave me you know because I loved him enough I could tell him leave me mm. find someone else because he so desperately wanted a child and everything else beyond that was perfect you know yoga the vibes of yoga the energy of yoga was carrying me so blissfully mm. mind you I had a very dedicated practice. You know, I was very disciplined. The, when it came to the practice, I was very disciplined. Around the practice, everything was good fun. Mm. Good journeys, good love, good magic, everything. And then again, I found myself at this spot. You know, here it is. Like I tell you, uh, in hindsight, the story is very different. So just tracing back a little bit. In hindsight, I see why I had to have my mother's story. You see? Right. It took me to the path of yoga it took me to digging it took me to saying hey i need to fix this you know yeah. not fix my mother because i was trying to fix my mother but yoga taught me how to fix myself so after that everything was blissful again here i am in that plateau i had a sweetheart of a boyfriend we were traveling we were visiting tons of countries we found a dog and life was just flowing and this another seed starts to come up mm. this yearning for a baby now what can i do huh I tried everything. We went from Mexico to the Peruvian jungle, everything. I must have tried every concoction, every ceremony, everything for a baby. And then finally, yeah, I, I let it go. I proposed to him, you know, leave me, find someone else. And he, he didn't want to do that. He says, no, I need to have with you. And then began our journey of praying, like really devotionally praying, you know. Take, taking us to India and like see in hindsight it's like a movie everything planned everything systemized everything timed I mean now I think back the gods must have been laughing the times I was crying and questioning totally. <laughs> and totally. these are the things I really want to share with people you know because I can just do um, sort of tear out a little bit I can imagine there are people out there also crying and breaking their heads and banging their heads and I really want to tell them look at the moment when you're banging the head it, it seems like you're at the dead end but there there mm. are forces there are energies that you can you can reach out to and they're here here now you know they're here right now so yeah we were in India I was playing to praying to all the temples and everything and just to backtrack a little bit in my path of yoga, it was yoga, you know, very disciplined yoga. And I had Ganesha as my sort of my deity, my leprechaun, my little elf kind of thing, you know. And I didn't want to divert from it. Mm -hmm. Because my teachers often told me, dig a well, dig it deep, find water. You know, mm. don't look here one day, oh, I want to do shamanism, or oh, I want to do yoga, I want to do, which is good, but you will always float on the, on a level, you know, and it might be fun. But it wasn't my level, you know, but I wanted yes. to really break some some kind of boxes I had. Mm. So anyway, so here I am. I cannot have a child. What do I do? My husband won't leave me. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible situation. I mean, to have someone love you that much. How sad. Mm -hmm. But yes, yeah, the because, pressure would have been really yeah, hard. Yeah, it's a pressure because right. I told him, why don't we adopt? And he, he wasn't open to adopting. And, and the thing is, I wouldn't have mind if he cried or if he left me. But I mean, if he had yelled at me or we fought or something, we never had a relationship like that. He was this one that would sort of attack you from so deeply because he would sit in a corner and cry. <laughs> you know, Ooh, we would yes. go places for example, yeah, in the beach, you know, often, you know, as travelers, we've been to beach areas and beach areas are often flocked with couples and kids. 
So it was this the theme of kids always in our face. Mazunte kids, Oaxaca kids, everywhere kids, kids, Thailand kids, kids, kids. You know, so it was always there. Him silently suffering. So I said, okay, let's let's go to India. Let's let's just try something. Yes. Here we are in India, and I was at a temple where someone told me pray to Devi. You know, the goddess. Pray to her. Yep. And I said, well, how can I pray to goddess? I'm Ganesha. I'm yoga. I cannot pray to goddess. <laughs> So concepts again, you know, we have concepts in our head. But here I am at the temple and I start to pray. And I often wear a scarf around, especially when I'm at the temple. And I was turning around and someone caught my scarf and really tugged on my scarf. And I turn around and I see this beautiful goddess sitting here. And I ask someone, uh, who is it? And they said, ah, that's Lalita. And she's calling you. <laughs> wow. And I said, oh, wow. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Now, of course, the tears want to come. But back then, I'm like, okay, but you know what? I'm Ganesha. I don't want to pray to anything else. I just want to follow Ganesha. And anyways, there are so many stories amidst these stories. But long story short, others I'll keep you guys here forever. <laughs> I started to pray to her a little bit. And one day when I was uh, entering in a temple, there was a scripture on the on the entrance of the door and I picked it up and it said Sri Vidya on it. And at the front cover was Ganesha sitting right there. And then I opened the door and there's Sri Vidya inside. And the, I asked the guy, why is there Ganesha in the front if the path is uh, Lalita? And they said, ah, because Ganesha, he guards the doors. And unless you have the blessing of Ganesha, you cannot enter Lalita. They're one and the same. There's all your years of work making sense, all your years of devotion, everything in that moment. Hindsight is a different, different story. Hindsight always a different story. Now I see how everything, everything, me not being able to conceive, me fighting with my mother, it was all planned. It was all great play of Lalita. Lalita itself means the one who plays, (laughs) you know, the one who plays. Is Lalita, you know, and so she tugged me, and then I started my little sadhanas, little little uh, sadhanas to her, and soon after that we got pregnant, and here is my monkey running around, and here yeah, I am feeling completely full, completely frictionless, and but also feeling a bit of responsibility to have to share and inspire others, you know, Priyanka. and so that's. I know that we have to have a multiple more episodes because I just need to hear absolutely every single story that you have to share. Just <sighs> listening to you makes me want to sit around a campfire and do singing <sighs> and do stories and have like chais and all of this amazing <sighs> stuff under the moon, under the stars. Um, but I feel like what really has come from this message for you and, and, and be free to talk what your version of this is, um, is that it was everything else that you were doing, you thought you were doing for yourself until that moment of completely letting go and then realizing that it had nothing to do with anybody else. And this happened to be everything you were calling in. You called in your mother for those lessons. You called in your soul partner. You know, you can tell that he's completely your soulmate if he's stuck around as well, because he obviously knew there was some alignment in the stars that you were going to be yeah. able to have kids when 
when other people might have left or might have told you otherwise and just seeing I can just see in the way that you're sitting and the way that you speak and hold yourself that you are completely at peace with who you are internally and that doesn't mean that friction doesn't still come up in in other areas but I'd love to hear how you um do you bless any friction that comes up with gratitude before delving into responding or reacting to it these days? Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Um, I will. I do believe that, you know, to really enjoy all of creation, all of manifestation, you need to ground yourself to something. Mm. And to me, it is my sadhana, you know. Mm. Every morning mm. I wake up, I always connect with the prayer. Every night I go to bed, there is, you know, there is the element of prayer in my life. You know? yeah. And prayer doesn't have to be anything complicated. You know, when you start to yeah. say prayer, when you start to say connecting to goddess, when you start to say practice, it starts to ripple into complication and it doesn't have to be, you know, yes. and that's one, one thing I would like viewers to take from here. It can be very, very simple. You know? So let's, I will first speak about prayer. What am I praying? Okay. So in my, in my presence or in my creation or manifestation of my body mind i know there is something greater than me it has guided me mm. so when i pray i'm praying to that energy you know because i know there is more to my unfolding and i pray to that energy thank you for guiding me you know from my heart thank you for guiding me thank you for being there you know i'm sorry uh, i know there are still some areas of friction but find help me help me to unravel them as well and it's such a short prayer and it's always the same thing thank you for everything you've given me thank you for giving me the eyes to see everything that you have given me thank you for the heart to feel everything that you have given me because you've given me so much you know you've given me so much and and i you know please flow through me so i can inspire others my prayer is always the same morning and evening thank you and What's our next step together, God? What's our next yes. step together, God? Yeah. I love it's the point that you make there. And that's something that I often try to get across to my viewers, listeners, friends, family, you know, for the ones who, are, who I feel, you know, are in a space to hear or they've asked about what yoga is to me because it's so very little about the movement. There's a part of that that, you know, when when we're entering into the yoga scene that people think oh you can do this pose and you can do that but I love the way that you alluded to how simple it can be and, and you can call it something completely different what yeah, Priyanka calls as prayer I might call gratitude I might call that my meditation I might call that my grounding mm -hmm. or just my morning ritual and this mm -hmm. speaks to that consistent approach to I guess putting some plan in place to to be grateful and I guess when you realize how little control you have over situations in your life that if you can actually pray to that energy and go I'm so grateful for the opportunities that arise yeah. maybe not in the way that I thought but if we were all to have a bird's eye vision of what was coming we'd probably not be as surprised like you said all of these things happen in your life and to you it seems all over the place but then there's this one moment where you go it all makes sense like how yeah. and I think it's important to always remember so I'm having a difficult moment or something I'm like hey I know 
in uh -huh. hindsight, the story is going to be completely different. And that, that yeah. slight whisper into you gives you a shift, you know, it gives you a change in perception. So you start to look at it like a movie where you know it's going to end very beautifully, you know? Yeah. Girl, isn't that like when you think of the word truth and when you talk about hindsight, I always think, wow, truth only really occurs in that very moment at the time that you say it because it can so quickly change two minutes from now, two months from now when mm -hmm. you go back then it was true. But then in this exact moment, the story that I'm realizing is that this meaning is true right now, but it's not in, like you said, it's not until we have perspective. It's not until we have the ability to look back with clarity and go, wow, my 20 year old version of me thought that was true. And it was true at the time, but now 30 year old version of me, 40 year old version of me can find a different truth. And it's got like this, yeah, it's got a, how does that sit with you? Um, what do you think about I'm going that? to change that just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So yes, what you're saying is, is absolutely true, but I'm going to just remove the word truth maybe yes. because that is experiences. Uh -huh. Our experiences, our perceptions change. There's, yes. of course, you change, and that's very important. Your perception always changes, right? But what doesn't change is your truth, okay? And you need to find truth because truth doesn't change. I know there are energies that are helping me. That will mm -hmm. never change, you see? I know there is more of me that can unfold. Even when yeah. I'm 90, there is more of me that can unfold out. That will never change. You know, I know that if I make two steps towards something, the energy will make two steps towards me. It yes. will come out of experiences, understanding, but that truth will never change. You know, so truth will not change because it's it is perspective. Correct. Perspective will change. Definitely yes. it will change. And um, maybe you can even put that very close to hindsight. So I'm having a difficult time and I say, ah, don't worry. You know, you have this internal dialogue. Don't worry. Because in later, two days from now, I will have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Now it seems, oh, why is this happening to me? And later it will seem, thank God it happened to me. <laughs> you know? Yes. And then reframing those words in the moment. Why is this happening to me? Even though it might be challenging, it could be like, why is this happening for me? And then in a couple of days time, that question might make more sense as opposed to sense, feeling exactly. like the victim and all of the stuff with like, you know, with your mom, I think that is just such a compelling yeah. story because your relationship I can imagine would be just, infinitely stronger and more beautiful than, oh, than ever before she's unbelievable unbelievable oh. I, I love my mother i see her strengths i see she was a very young bride that had to leave sri lanka with two kids it was during mm. wartime i mean now i can put all the places pieces in in together why she was she was in protection she was yeah. in protection mode constantly, you know. She comes from a very little village. She meets a man that comes from out of town. She marries him. They have to go to the Middle East all of a sudden with a kid. What's she going to do? She's always in protection mode. And he, mm -hmm. I, if I was my mother, I would also beat and hit me. I was a rebellious child <laughs> with a very wild spirit. And that also makes sense, you know. Everything yes. makes sense now. <laughs> You know, and yeah, and what I really hope these stories, my stories, many other stories will inspire people, you know, so that 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 idea that, hey, 
the perception will be different. The hindsight story is different. Will seep in amidst this seemingly state of chaos, this seemingly state of pain. There is a thread that can pierce in and show you like a glimmer of hope. You know, and then you Mm. grab onto that glimmer of hope, and then the whole thing unravels. The whole thing changes. The whole scene changes. You know, and for that. I would really encourage some form of practice. Grab to the spirit any which way you want. Oh my God, it's infinite. It's God. It's goddess. It's energy. It's infinite. You I find whatever that connects to you, you know? Yeah. Connects whatever, but connect. You know, then then you can you can taste infinity when everything is caved in. You can feel, you can trust that there is more. It will hope or whatever you want to call it you know when you're like this something will pierce in and and kiss you open oh and you say you don't speak well I am calling that an absolute lie I'm calling you on it and I never want to hear those words come out of your mouth again because you speak so beautifully and eloquently and really share a story in such a unique way that is you know, your way of sharing it. And I certainly resonate with it. And I know that I wouldn't be um, the only one to have thought that because I'm sure the people around you would love how how you are and how you say things. So don't speak those words to the universe. And (laughs) I'm I'm tapping you on the back of the hand right now. Yes, yes. (laughs) You can always, learning is always a two-way street. Always, always. And if you always, that's another thing that's good to keep in mind. I learned from my little boy. He's only been on the planet three and a half years, you know. Aha. Uh-huh. Girl, that was my next question. You must have read my mind. So I've heard a little bit about who I'm going to assume have been your teachers in your life, who has been your mum and your partner. I'm sure you've had more and we'll get into that. But I want to hear about this beautiful soul that you birthed into the world, who now I know is three and a half years old. What a magical age. I want to hear about the whole pregnancy, how it felt to have him in your body and then to bring him to life. I'm so excited. (laughs) Pregnancy. Wow, you t- you've touched on some key concepts which were very challenging. Mm. Um, before I get there, I will tell you a very beautiful story about my boy. So I'm doing pujas right now. I've uh, committed for a 41-day puja to open the, so that Ganesha opens the door, so to speak. I can get closer to Lalita. And it's a little bit elaborate. You know, I need to prepare my some offerings, the flowers, some sweet water that I give her and all those things. And my boy has been watching me. The other day, he took a bucket of water and he went around the field here gathering flowers and he started to immerse it. I'm like, what are you doing, Janu? His name is Janu. Oh, Janu yes. Means... <laughs> Janu means my beloved in many, many languages. Huh? So I asked him, what are you doing? He goes, Mama, I'm making puja. <laughs> you know? so, oh, I yes, just want to squish him. He sounds so They cute. silently copy us, huh? They silently copy us. So he was busy making puja. I'm like, ah, oh, beautiful, you know? <laughs> and he did it. Me, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I need to get this. I need to get this. You see the friction on my face? Oh, I need to get this ready. I need to have that ready. <laughs> Meanwhile, my boy was doing puja. I'm like, all right. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love him already. He sounds like. He kind of sounds like an extension of yourself with all of the qualities that you're still needing to embody and he's going to be your 
lifelong teacher and continue to leave your legacy behind, which is so, yeah, it's so beautiful. You know what he has given me, Lauren? Do you know what my boy has given me? My boy has given me a basket of fears. Yes. From the time he's born, I, I cannot believe, but I am so frightened I'm going to lose him. Wow. And it's the kind of fear that sits so quietly somewhere on my mind. Anytime he's away from me, I imagine the worst kind of a scenario possible. Mm-hmm. Anytime I hear him cry, I imagine the worst kind of scenario possible. Mm. Of course, he's had two really bad accidents. And since then, it has just magnified this fear. But of course, I have these eyes that look and say, okay, okay, here's another one. <laughs> you know, right. another one is finished. The birth of the baby or have get manifesting the baby story is finished now. I'm really, I wonder where it's going to take me, but I'm looking at it a little bit more calmly, but I know it's there, you know, mm-hmm. and hence this intense sadhana towards Lalita, you know, I'm asking her, please, I have these fears. It is, I know it is unreal, but it's really embodying inside my body mind and help oh. me release it, you know, yeah, make peace. Okay. If he lives in this planet for 10 years, let me make peace with it. If he lives on the planet for 20 years, let me make peace with it, you know? Instead of this grappling fear, I'm going to lose him. Then I'm not going to allow him to live. You understand? Because I do. Always, always... There's like this beautiful analogy when I think of this and something that is stuck in my head of a way to make it really relatable. And it already is relatable. I know people hang on to things for fear of losing it. And that is probably mm-hmm. like, one of the most common forms of suffering when we're unable to really release, release and surrender. And this analogy that I give, it's like we think of something so precious to us. And if we were to use something universal, like the painting of a Mona Lisa, and people speak of its beauty and its pricelessness in a way, if it was kept in a room and locked away from the dangers and all of this stuff, and we never let it out, we never let it see light, then how valuable really is it? And Absolutely. Yeah, and it's the same thing with your boy. It's like whatever was meant to be on his path will be. And I know that can be really hard for some people to hear of like, I don't wish trauma on anybody. I don't wish anything horrible, but that becomes their messy middle that creates their message. It's like I would never want you to have to experience the things you did with your mother, but without that look where you are now Mm -hmm. look at the story you're telling look at the beauty you radiate out into the world and I'm just like oh my god (laughs) and I and I need to trust like exactly like the words you used you know whatever's going to happen is going to happen Mm. but I rather enjoy him fully I rather walk this journey happy he is a happy happy baby from the time he wakes up he's just full of joy and it's just me Janu, don't do that. Janu, don't go there. Janu, I'm like, oh, how many don'ts am I going to see in a day? <laughs> I say, okay, okay, okay. And so I've now started saying, okay, whatever happens, give me the strength to deal with it. You know, yeah. whatever happens, give me the strength so that that fear just goes away and we can just have a party. And when it's time for us to separate, we separate with joy. On knowing that we're going to meet again and again and again, you know, and philosophically, yeah. I can say, which I could not even say before. And now I just have to embody it, you know, so it lives and vibrates inside me. We I have... will care for him, but not fear for him, you know. 
not keep him in a cage like I guess I guess so many people I think who you know either get an animal or they have a kid they they give them everything that they didn't have or they impart all of the things that their mother didn't or their father didn't do for them and they they flood them in it and it's like then you get the complete opposite of the child that maybe you were and that comes with its own things that are you know positive or less than constructive and it's like okay well now then they have to navigate the next little generation that they go through so it's like yeah yeah, I I always find that so interesting too because man your your mum must be so proud of the lady that you have become as well because there was the Priyanka before Janu and then the you know the Priyanka through that and now Mm. moving through the rest of life with with your baby and um wow you know yeah yeah are they similar do you, I bet I bet Janu and your mum get along really well. Janu gets along with everybody. Mm, be happy, baby. Also, <laughs> I'm blessed, you know. We're in a very beautiful place. It's 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 fairly remote, but there's enough people still to get together. And most of the kids that grow up around here are free. I and mean, they may they may have their challenges in other areas, I'm sure. Mm. But the kids that are raised in this kind, they're mostly open spirited, and they have they're able to connect to people very easily. Wow. one of the blessings of being here well I I honestly feel like I could just keep chatting to you about life like there's just so many um I think so many stories we have yet to uncover with each other I really really feel that and um what I might stick to with this chat otherwise it could probably go on for like 20 hours plus is <laughs> Who, who are your teachers there outside of like your partner, your kid and your mum? Like who are your spiritual uh, mentors? Teachers. Yeah. So there are manifested teachers I had and yeah. unmanifested teachers. When I say unmanifested teachers, there were some uh, gurus or swamis or mystics that came very short for a fleeting moment into my life. Okay, yeah. so first I will talk about the manifested teachers. So I started um, yoga through Shivananda. Yeah. Okay, and so we, I had a teacher that I connected very well. He was very disciplined, very hardcore, but I had a good connection with him. He was so hardcore. I will tell you how hardcore he was. Um, when I started pranayama, I was having intense pain in my right arm, so much so that I couldn't even turn my head. So I jumped into pranayama pretty fast. And so I went up to him one day, we were all sitting gathering, he, he has the clique, sort of a group of his uh, favorite students, you know, so we often get together. And so he was sitting there and I asked him, I told him, look, uh, I have a question, I'm starting to experience this pain in my hand, in my neck. Could it be from pranayama? What should I do? Because you do one thing. You go find a building, a very tall building. You climb up very, very high. You go out to the balcony and you jump down. And then he laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And to me, I look like that because everybody started to laugh. Everybody started to laugh. Yes. Guess what he was trying to say? (laughs) Yes, exactly. I'm picking up what he's putting down. And he laughed so loud <laughs> that I was so embarrassed that I started to laugh. You see, because I was in front of everybody. Yes. And in my laughing, I realized I was being so stupid, so stupid, trying to link my hand's brain with Pranayama, asking him to give me a suggestion. I just kept going and it went away, you know. So that's the kind of teacher I had. In hindsight, it was a blessing. That is such an Indian teacher. 
an Indian teacher. Exactly, exactly. You know? I love it. And so I, I have a love affair with India. I, yeah. I went there often. I spent a lot of time there. I lived in the ashram for about four years over there. Conditions were very hard. We had um, cold, cold, cold water in the in the mornings to bathe in and we all had to be ready by four o'clock for our morning meditation in the ashram as when you live in the ashram the lifestyle is a little bit different as opposed to when you are visiting or participating yes. in the ashram. it's like service and, isn't it it's more yeah, it's service like and cleaning and almost like bhakti yoga in a way exactly and yeah. bhakti yoga i mean if you live in the ashram you the beauty of living in an ashram is you see all aspects of yoga you know it's yeah. not just asana Yes. It's from bhakti to dhyan to dhyana for example yes. i had a job of mopping the floors oh karma yoga was, is probably what i was thinking as well <laughs> just service uh, exactly you know yeah. but it's it's all connected it is because uh, my job was to mop the uh, meditation hall and it was very big and every day i was mopping the floor and one day my teacher stopped me and he said uh what's the problem why you why is your face like this and i said oh because the hall is so big and by the time i finish the hall i cannot go and do my asanas he goes, look, you can do two things at one time. <laughs> oh, when you mop wow. the hall, you can clean the hall and you can also transform yourself at the same time. You know, I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, I love that. I changed my attitude on how I mop the floor. Finished. It's up here, isn't it, baby? Like it's the breath and the it's we make the so decision. Yeah, it's and as soon as then, we make the decision, it is in that moment. I was no longer exactly, exactly because from that day, my job. I loved mopping the floor because when yes. I mopped the floor, I was cleaning the inside. After that, oh I was in, it, yes, it changed from this kind of face to this kind of face. Like this, this is what spiritual practice can give you. That instant change. That oh. instant. Like my mother, she became this gorgeous gorgeous in my eyes like mopping the floor that became an instantaneous like the thing i revitalize her you know i was doing two for one now mind you the hall was getting cleaned and my inside was getting clean i was chanting while i was cleaning i was doing mm. bhakti yoga karma yoga you know everything together <laughs> that and adhyan everything all in one and that was my most wonderful one and a half hours i spent cleaning you know Oh. And the hall never looked so beautiful after that. <laughs> Girl, so. that touches me so deeply beyond where you even know. It's like I love that because of how attached we get to results. Our concepts. And our mm -hmm. concepts okay. of things. I have to do this or I have to tell people that I'm spiritual. It's like the thing that I love about, you know, I'm not just talking about Indian people or little Indian yogis, but the the image that literally comes to mind is always those little happy Indians that are just yeah. they live yoga. And yeah. you know, it's almost to the point like I see you and I see that in you because you are so beautiful. And it's like I'm sure that there have been points in your life where people have said, Why are you so happy? Do you know what I mean? It's like because I'm I'm living like I'm alive yeah. and everything is alive within. And and to have that exactly. level of love of life is just something that absolutely nobody can take away from you. It's such a gift. There is a truth, you know? Yeah truth that nothing nothing truth nothing can change it it's mm. it's the cons those things that are consistent yes. that those things that you can hold on to those things that you can revolve around and play and have fun in life and if things don't go so well you have your truth 
that will ground you, keep you, nourish you, hold you, you know, comfort you. Yeah. A beautiful and you question to ask somebody or to get somebody to ask you when you're not feeling balanced. Actually, no. Find somebody that you really trust. Just say it's your teacher, it's your son or your partner, and you're feeling in that part where you know there might be a bit of chaos and going to them and say, tell me something that's true. And just like that simple message when um, at times we feel so far from our truth is such a beautiful question for someone else to, to tell you what they know is true about you. And in that yeah, moment, actually, it's, it's like, very beautiful, huh? Yeah. Lauren, that's very, very beautiful what you just said. I don't even know if you know the depth of what you said. It's actually really, really beautiful. I'm going to incorporate that. Yeah, <laughs> do. And share that yeah. with me. The next time that you say it to somebody, share that at any time it feels appropriate to yeah. share it with me. And I'd really, really love to hear how the experience was for you, more so than even what they said, of just like, mm-hmm. how did that feel in that moment of like being aware and. Yeah. Exactly. It puts you, imagine, it brings you instantaneously away from all of this into something that is completely like scintillatingly beautiful, you know? Oh, completely. Yes. So for people who are on a yogic path, not on a yogic path, wherever the heck they are in this world, whatever they're doing, what is a resource, whether it's a podcast, a book, a song, a chant, a scripture, what is one thing that you would recommend absolutely everybody should get a taste of in terms of it actually being a resource versus a practice? What the, I think they should find... A moment of silence oh you know maybe it can start something like that just a moment of pause but they have to make sure that that pause is the same time every single day at the same place okay now i'm not saying you need to say you lived here today and you, you moved somewhere you need to go back to the same place no same place same place like where your mind sits where your heart sits that same place because what that will do is it will create a rhythm Mm. You know, so you, uh, I'm doing all these things, but every day, every single day at 1030 or at when I wake up, for example. So it's, yeah. it's that rhythm, you know, I connect to the gods and rhythms are very important because rhythms tend to just without the logical mind, it tends to reset. I'm back at my rhythm. Yeah. You understand? So I think if you find, for example, a very, very simple, very easy way, way is to find a moment of silence every single day. So this is my moment of silence. Keep it more or less the same time every day. Keep it more or less the same place every day. And you will start to put rhythms back into your life. Everything is rhythmic, you know. It's good to connect with the rhythms. Do you know this was the exact moment that I just realized why we were meant to speak and how it made me realize why we have connected and it's the mother energy because this week I got in contact with my mum who I absolutely adore and I love her to bits and we used to write each other letters because I don't live in the same state as her and so I would write her letters every week and she would write me one back and we'd get them at different times and we'd kind of fallen away from this pattern of writing Um, and on one of my lunch breaks when I was at my little cafe job I just started writing and I thought today is the day that I start writing to my mum again. And she received it not too long ago and said, oh, we need to start doing this, don't we? And I said, yes. 
And so she sent me, oh, she said to me, let's make a topic. And I said, okay, let's make a topic. I'm going to leave the ball in your court. And she didn't message me for a couple of days. And I said, hey, Ma, I just wondered what you decided upon the topic to be. And she got back immediately and just said, silence, full stop. And I just was like, oh, all of these thoughts just flooded <laughs> my brain. It was like, oh my God, silence and pause has been coming up in so many areas. And you know, like when you're in a distracted world, when you're in an overstimulated world, the world's, the word even silence is like, don't even say it. It's like extra stimulus. But um, as soon as you said it, then I just felt like I am needing this message more than ever, ever from all of the mamas in the world. Like silence, come back to you, rest, yeah. pause, sit in that. And I'm like, oh, I just want to hug you, Priyanka. You're so beautiful. Oh, me too. It's, it's very exciting. Like you said, it's absolutely lovely talking to you, Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a recognition. I recognize in you, you recognize in me, you know. Yeah. And at the end, you know, like I said, Lalita plays. You know what she, what the best way to reach Lalita is? Please When you me. start to really embody the idea that she's talking to you through people. Yeah. Lalita is reaching you through children, through plants, through animals. Everything is Lalita trying to make love to you, you know, everything. Yes. Yeah. That name has come through a lot because my name is Lauren. I, my sister yes. calls me Law. And then I have other names that I, I go by in different areas because it's like I, I, I don't like to label too many things and segregate it because it's all me. But I was trying to find a name of play and Lolly kept coming up. But Lolita is, you know, I've watched that story as well of, of um. Yeah, I don't know if you know about that story either of that young girl in uh, was in a relationship with an older man. And But the way that you describe Lolita speaks more true to me. And I really want to look, um, I really want to connect to her energy and probably already am, but just needed you to, needed you to voice that. And, um, and I, I, I really am going to connect to that in each moment, not just in my moments of stillness, but in these moments where we're talking and because I, I know that my inner me is very playful, but then the, the world that we exist in can get so serious and, and structured. Yes. And so, you know, when, when we're talking about like the little Indians smiling or whatever, it's like, they're so playful and childlike that it's like childlike. Yeah. Yeah. Not childish, but childlike. Yes, childlike. Yeah. Right. Childlike. This intense wonder, right? With childlike, intense curiosity. Yes. This, this childlike comes with this unbounded fear because you're not fearful. You you're just in the spirit of wanting. You know, want to touch, want to feel, want to interact. You know, childlike. Yes. Do Your you mind, think you know? Janu is? Do you think it's his first lifetime here with the way that he sees the world with happiness and newness? Or do you think he is an old soul? Oh, I think Janu is definitely an old soul. Definitely an old soul. When he was three months uh, old, I had a, a very beautiful um, Kirtan singer, Prema. She came and she was he was just fast asleep 
and um, she wanted to come earlier anyways. It just so happened that she could only come at 12 o'clock in the night, he was asleep. And she started to sing the bhajans and he started to wake up and he started to move his toes like this to the bhajan. And she started to get tears in her eye and she goes, oh my God, you have manifested a very old soul. <laughs> like, oh. To join me, you know, yeah, he's a very old soul. You can see many people have called him Pandit. Pandit is like an old man, yes, in India, yes, totally. And he also walks around wanting to teach and wanting to show, you know, it's a funny character, really funny character. You need to give him like a little stick and just stick. a feather hat or something. I don't know, he would be so damn adorable that I love him already. <laughs> He has a lot of sticks, actually. <laughs> he calls them Dum Dum. He's always with yes. his Dum Dum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I must meet you one day. I know that we've already yeah. met in another life. Like, I can totally sense that. For anyone who's listening, they'll just be like, oh, that is so Lauren just saying something like that. But <laughs> I, I don't say this to everybody. And I really do feel like, the way that we speak is like I really know that I have to cross your path in person for some reason whether it's welcome here anytime in fact Spain has opened their doors right now you know for tourists so wow I yeah and I honestly I will hold true to that at at whatever point it's meant to be when the moon and the stars align that we're meant to actually weave into each other's worlds it will happen because we've weaved into each other's worlds here and I'm so grateful that you have taken the time in your day when I know that you're in a dedicated practice um, and you're a mama that's a whole other world in itself you're a partner you're a daughter you're you just um, yeah you're you're an incredible soul that I feel I feel like I'm a better person just from talking to you and having your wisdom in my soul I'm like oh my god where can other people find you where can they get in contact with you to have similar conversations yeah um before I I say that I want to tell you something another lesson that my teacher taught me he was like you know you have to remember when you say very sweet things very inspiring things it's the energy flowing through you Uh uh-huh energy flowing through and so even when you say naughty things, when you say bad things, when you're not so nice, don't get so hard. It's energy flowing through you. Yes, I love that. Fun. Spirit yes. Of, spirit of fun. So I'm, I'm happy that the energy's flowed enough. I hope it inspires and resonates with some of the audience that you have. And it was really lovely. If someone wants to get a hold of me, they can through my website. I'm just a one-man show, so I might take a couple of days to respond, you know. Uh, it's www.priyankamoonbeam.com so yeah people come maybe they want to learn a little bit of pranayama which i teach or they want to come because they want to hear some of my stories or they want to come because they want to be inspired and people mostly come because they find themselves in a in a not so happy place you know and they want to see what they can do what they can embody how they can just unravel open themselves up so they can connect to something higher. So they come for many, many reasons. And mm. we always find something you know, to talk about, to get inspired, to share, for me to learn, for them to learn. And so the journey continues like that. And I'm sure many of your clients have just stumbled across you, much like how I came across you yeah. and it was this intuitive flow of energy that drew me to your energy and yours back to mine. And if someone feels that sense exactly. of... 
I meant to talk to her. Step out of your comfort zone. Get in contact. Priyanka is so authentic. Even if she does not get back straight away, like she said, she's she's a one-man show and she has a dedicated practice. And remember that when people don't get back to you, it's they have a life as well. So just be patient in the process. <laughs> Yeah, because I, you know, it's also Lauren for me to really um, give this this essence of me. I need to live the kind of lifestyle. Yes. My sister can share that a little bit. She started to get involved a little bit, you know, to help me. And she said, okay, you know, she took a couple of classes. And you know, family members teaching family members is the hardest because they're quite <laughs> critical. But she really liked some of my classes, and she said, okay, you know what? Right now I'm free. It's COVID time. Let's market you. And I'm like, market. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. Then she said, no, we need to market. And we started that. That's how. That's in fact why I have a web page, to to yeah. be honest with you. And I'm really grateful. But it wasn't really my royal. It wasn't really my path, you know, to to everyday advertise and promote. So I tried it for a while. I'm glad I have my web page and people can contact me. And then I started to dwindle. So my client base is such. It's not so wide but I do have people that have connected with me from many many years ago from 10 years ago coming back and mm. 12 years ago coming back and 18 20 years ago come people I've had in Guatemala finding me again so yeah those kind of stories I have many it's the grandmother wisdom now because you know when you start something people are like what are you doing how long have you been doing it for and now it's just the gravitational flow of people coming to you going she means what she says I look at her and I like I can look at you and without even having spoken to you I know that you have a practice and that's because I do practice yeah. myself do you know what I mean so it's for people mm -hmm. to recognize in yes, you there is something completely different there is it's like yeah There's a sense of calmness you know there is a sense of like the the rivers are flowing but it is not roaring you know right and it will roll. Believe yes. me, I have, <laughs> yeah, and it needs to, because it is all of it. You know, Lalita again. Yes. You know, she's a very fierce. She's also Aigir in Andini. She's also Durga. You know, waiting oh. to take down, slay down the demons. She's also that. Yeah. You know, it's not just this Indian lady. Oh yes, it's not just that. It's that. But when it is called for, believe me, when it is called for, my husband will say, "Here, talk to my wife." you understand yes. and because oh. i can also be fire <laughs> i can be very much fire and people have also told me lauren mind you oh that is not very yogic i'm like what is yogic then if it is not embodying hot and cold if it is not embodying the moon and the the sun and the moon what is yogic you know do you know for people listening to this something that I read and probably already knew but reading it recently just struck an absolute chord and it was they put something on the brain of a yogi and it was that yogis still experience stress but they're yes. able to step into the part of themselves the calmness that we all have within us to be able to channel that energy Meanwhile, exactly. the stress and the roaring is going on and the Durgas and the, you know, all the other deity and energy that's going on um, within us. So it's like, you know, I don't want to say like yogi or yogini, like we're separate, better than, more than, higher than. No, it's just no. we have an internal compass. Correct. And we're aware everybody has the internal compass. Everyone yeah. has it. But when you practice, you're aware you have that compass. Mm. You know, you, you're aware 
there is my compass that can navigate me and you're it's there not outside right inside you you know yeah oh. and that's what a guru also i mean what is a guru what is a guide someone someone who sheds light into what into your own internal compass you know um, that was going to be my other question that is going to have to be on another episode um and i'm going to absolutely leave it there or otherwise i will keep talking and i have um yeah i have another interview after this otherwise i would have just yes. let it flow and i'm like oh my gosh girl you are so no, it's good it's good so beautiful you are so pure oh. and um please let us connect after here for those of you uh yes connect with priyanka get in contact um whether it's years from now that you're listening to this i'm sure priyanka is still going to be doing her practices and that will have evolved in its own beautiful way so again oh thank you dear and uh i don't even know how to end that i'm just in awe <laughs> oh thank you thank you for the work you do lauren thank you you're welcome. I don't know if your uh, viewers or listeners know how much you had to kind of muscle me a little bit to make sure I show up here. And I thank you for that. You know, that would be my lazy mind. And then my, you know, my teachers telling me, hey, you know what, when you when you do these practices, you have a responsibility to, to spread it because yes. it's like a flower. The more it, it blooms, the more it grows, the more it grows inside you as well, you know? Correct. Yep. Well, now I know that I can hassle you and get you on here. I will absolutely do I love that. it. It's a very Indian way to do it. <laughs> it very much is. I feel this sense of connection to India as well. I'm white as white, but I'm just like, I feel like I have an inner Indian in me. Um, and yes, it's so cool. Do, do you know? I will leave you with a little joke. In India, Please. there is a saying, I mean, my background is Sri Lankan, but I've spent a lot of time in India. And there's a saying that when you go to somebody's house, you need to ask them three times oh, yes. if you want tea. Three is my number, two. Three times. First time they will say no out of respect, you know. And if you say, okay, that means you just ask for the sake of asking. Yes. The second time you have to ask just to nudge them in the a little bit and then third time you ask just to show them yes i really want to serve you tea so you need to ask them three times and the chances are they will say yes <laughs> i literally do that with people at home because i love tea and i love cooking i'm like oh do you want some and they're like oh no no i'm, I'm good i'm like okay I, i'm back in five minutes and okay i'm making one do you want some because i really want to make you some oh maybe and then I get them on the third one. It's that is so amazing. I love that girl. Yes. All of India revolves around that three times. No and wonder I love three. Somebody, and if they meet somebody and they ask them once, they'll be like, oh my God, she asked me only one. <laughs> you are the best. I love you, girl. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Likewise. It's a pleasure. It was a pleasure. It is a pleasure. Absolutely. It's a nice afternoon for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Halo Effect podcast. I really enjoyed recording it and I truly hope that you feel lighter, more inspired and that it really has added value to you or maybe somebody that you shared it with. Keep tuning in and please subscribe, like and share this episode or the episode that you love the most on your social media page and tag me in it and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. 
And if you're not on the social media train, that's cool. Just reach out to me via text or email and I'll get back to you there. The more feedback that you continue to give, the more value I can continue to give back to you. And with that, I'm signing out with oceans of love and light. Law. Thank you.